Welcome to Centerpoint, a podcast series from Center College, where important conversations take place. This newest addition to the series includes oral history interviews with World War II veterans conducted by Assistant Professor of History Sarah Eggie and her students at Center College. Each interview is divided into three parts and introduced by Dr. Eggie. Join us now for part one of episode one, which features Alvin Houston Perry, who spent time in a Nazi POW camp. He is interviewed by Tori Parker. It is a privilege to share stories of World War II veterans on the Centerpoint podcast. This interview is with Alvin Houston Perry. We've divided Mr. Perry's interview into three episodes, and I encourage you to listen to all three to understand the powerful testimony he gave about World War II. In episode one, Mr. Perry tells us about his early experiences during the war when he was drafted and entered basic training. He speaks eloquently about the importance of friendship, and he foreshadows what happened to him once he crossed the English Channel to fight the Nazis in Europe. Although I'd asked Mr. Perry about his war experiences before interviewing him, he didn't reveal the horrors that he experienced until we got into the interview. You will get a sense of these horrors he faced by the last words in this episode. War is bad, bad, bad. My name is Tori Parker, and today I'm interviewing Alvin Houston Perry, who served during World War II. I am here with Dr. Sarah Eggy, Eliana Peniagua, Devin Baker, and Adil Ahmed. Today is June 17, 2016. We are recording this interview in Alvin's home in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, and today we will be discussing Alvin's experiences during World War II. So Alvin, can you tell me a little bit at first about uh, where you were born and how you grew up? I was born in uh, 1923, August the 15th, and uh, I, I grew up on a, on a farm, kindly out in, in in the fields. We lived there for several years, and then we moved to Evenstoke, which is a much better house, and we was closer to civilization, <laughs> and... Uh, it was a lot better, a lot better farm. Did you have any siblings? Any brothers? Yeah, brothers or sisters? One brother. One brother. Yeah. Was he older or younger than you? He was two years older than I was. So can you tell me about your experience with the Great Depression? and how uh, your what? the Your family's experience with the Great Depression and growing oh, up. Oh, the Great Depression? Oh, we were really poor. But uh, we was healthy and we worked hard and we had plenty to eat, but we had no money. And uh, everybody around us was just like we were. So uh, we didn't think about ourselves being so poor because everybody else was. So um, we didn't have much money, didn't have any hardly. But we made, we got by, and uh, we worked hard. Did you and your family go to church when you were younger? Yes. We went to Pigeon Port Baptist Church. It was uh, about two and a half miles from our house. Are you very religious at all? No, I'm not, not really religious. I go to church all the time, but 
I don't uh, I don't work in the church much. Mm -hmm. I just go to church. Okay. So can you tell me about um, joining in the service and uh, hearing about World War II, maybe? Yeah. I can tell you where I was when the Pearl Harbor took place. I was at church. It was on a Sunday night that we heard about it, and uh, we didn't know really what it was. We just knew it was not good, but we didn't know uh, we didn't know anything about Pearl Harbor. And uh, but we knew later on. We had a radio. We didn't have electricity. Uh, uh, no, no other communications. We had a battery radio, and we listened to the president on there when he said he hated war and he was going to have war. My family didn't like didn't didn't like anything about war. My father was in World War One, and my brother was was uh, in uh, World War Two ahead of me. He went before I did. So, do you remember your family talking about war and how they uh, felt about my, war? My my father didn't like the army at all, and he thought it was a terrible thing to be in the army. And uh, he had me uh, afraid to go to the army because it was such a bad place. But I found that to be some of it untrue. Uh, I worked hard at home, and the army wasn't any harder than what I'd been doing. So uh, it didn't seem that bad to me. What about your brother's experience? What did he? How did he feel? Uh, he he probably felt better like I did, but he had he was a little hard of hearing, and they took him in the army anyway. And him being on the rifle range, he was out west. He, everybody had to take basic training. And that, that included the rifle range, and it tore up his hearing. That uh, he was hard of hearing, and before he came out of the army, he couldn't hear anything without a hearing aid. Mm -hmm. So he they ruined his hearing. So how old were you um, when Pearl Harbor was attacked? Uh. I was in my teens. I was less than twenty. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know about. I was about eighteen, probably. Okay. So, how did you join the service? Were you drafted, or did you enlist? I was drafted. Drafted. What year would that have been? That was forty-three, I think. So, can you tell me about basic training and getting uh, ready? Yeah, I, uh, I was examined and uh, I passed my examination and I was home for 14 days, I think it was, before I entered. So when I entered, 
this is how poor we were. I had to catch a ride from Evenstoke, that's where we lived, by the people that uh, was doing the election and bringing in the ballot boxes to the county seat. I had to catch a ride with them up there the day before, the night before, and I had an aunt that lived about a mile and a half from Lawrenceburg, and they was gonna, I had to be at the bus at six o'clock, so they was gonna take me to the bus. I walked from Lawrenceburg to her house, and they took me to the bus at six o'clock the next morning, that's when I went to my first day. I went to Louisville, and from Louisville, I went to uh, Cincinnati, Fort Thomas. And uh, from Fort Thomas, we went from there to a day or we spent a day or two up there. We went to Camp Landing, Florida, and that's where we took our basic. So what was basic training like? Well, it's something I, I didn't have any idea what it was. It was 17 weeks. Wow. And uh, we had to do the start with the small things, and then we wound up on the rifle range. We had to, had to go through that. And... Uh, a lot of training on the uh, uh, grenades and things of that nature. Night night problems. We'd go go out of the night and for a long time, and and I was scared to death most of the time on them night problems because they said if you run up on a rattlesnake. We know we've got people who knows how to handle them. That scared me. To, I'm scared of snakes. Oh, I was scared to death. <laughs> I thought there was oh, we'd see one, but we didn't. We on one of our trainings, uh, a guy killed a coil snake, and it was red and black and yellow, pretty, and. He was going to have it skinned, the officer was going to have it skinned and made a belt for his wife. Oh. And so they said that it was in that area where we had to dig a foxhole and all that. When we had to run and hit the ground like we was attacking. And it, before I hit the ground, I'd look around. <laughs> I wasn't gonna fall on no snake. <laughs> and the officer said, said, you're gonna get killed the first day. <laughs> said, you can't look around before you fall. So uh, that, that's, that snake scared me. I didn't see any, so all right. Uh, did you make some friends or anyone you knew? Any? No. No. I was dismissed after my 
uh, basic training, our group was going to be help for cadre to train other people, but they decided to change that after a week or two and decided we was going to be shipped overseas and somebody else would do the training. So uh, I was sent in a delayed route home for 10 or 14 days, something like that. And I, I had a brother, had a really good friend that was uh, had been drafted, and he was in the army. He took his training in in Blanding, Florida, Fort Blanding. So uh, I came home, and I got home. He was at home on furlough too, but I didn't know that when I left. And he had to go back one day before I did, and he was going to the same place I was going. I was going to Fort Meade, Maryland, and from there I was going to Miles Stanish. So I thought about that a lot, me and him, and I decided to give up one day and go back with him, same day he did. We went back together. But uh, that was, uh, he was a, a good friend, and we went to Fort Meade together and the Miles Sanish together, and we got on the ship together, same ship, and our bunks was next to each other. And that was something. <laughs> uh, to have a friend to go overseas with you when you was down and then you're thinking because you knew where you was going. And that was a really, really a big plus to have a friend with you. And that's, uh, that's the only friend I knew in the Army. We were separated in England. Uh, he he went one way and I went another way, so we got separated in England. But we got to stay together up until then. That was a big, big plus. Do you know what happened to him? Yeah. He, we, we of course, we all, we both went across the English Channel, but separate. I was captured in Normandy. I was fighting in Normandy, and he was uh, in a, hit with a, a tardy, ar artillery shell. He was fighting in St. Lowe. That was after, after I'd done been captured. I was ahead of him. And uh, he was really really hurt, really bad. And he was sent back to England. And he was in the hospital for a long time before he came home. And uh, he, he got out, uh, that's all he did. That's all he could do. And uh, I was in Normandy, which was ahead of St. Lowe. So, uh, 
we both went together for a long time. So can you tell me about after getting on the ship and where you went from there? Did you go straight to Normandy? Is that No, I went to Fort Meade, Maryland. Oh, Fort Meade, Maryland. Uh, on our delayed route, we went back to Chattanooga and the, the, the federal government paid for our ticket from Chattanooga to Chattanooga and there on up. But they didn't pay for our trip home. So uh, on on our way home, the conductor told us that you won't have time to get off at Chattanooga and get a ticket and get back on the train. If you've got the money, says I can wire ahead and have your tickets ready when we get there and you won't have to get off. So we, we did that. That guy was really nice to us. So that helped us a lot. But when we went back home, went back from home, we went back to Chattanooga and up to Fort Meade, Maryland. And we was there several days. And then we were, then we were shipped to Miles Stanish, Camp Miles Stanish. Excuse me just a minute. We ate in a mess hall where the thousands of people eat every day. And I couldn't, I, I couldn't think big. I hadn't, never had, and I just couldn't think big, and I couldn't believe that was happening. But it was. Uh, they were on different shifts, but they had a big mess hall. And uh, from there, we went to Boston and uh, loaded on the USS Wakefield. That guy, that officer, called out Perry, and I said, Alvin H., and up I went. So you got on the USS Wakefield, and where did it take you? We went to England. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, I, I didn't know the name, and I can't think of it, but it was a big port. And uh, took us about, we went over unescorted to have no, no ships guarding us or anything. We took us about uh, eight, about eight days, eight or nine days. So what did you do in England? Were you waiting to be shipped somewhere else or? We, we did training there just uh, like we had at home. And uh, we was just waiting to go overseas and over the English Channel to France. And we did that later on and I never, I, I never got sick crossing the ocean, but I got sick crossing the English Channel. <laughs> I, did. I couldn't keep from it. One thing probably caused my sickness was I knew where I was going. <laughs> I was in the infantry and I was, of course, I was going to France, and uh, 
They wasn't very they wasn't very far in France when I got there. I was thankful I wasn't in there on D-Day. That's awful. We had a lot of good young people killed. A lot of them. But this was this was after D-Day or, or a little bit. And I, I was uh, fighting several days. The fighting's terrible. You're firing the whole time and somebody's firing at you and that war is bad, bad, bad. <laughs> 